I made a call that I was gonna have it all. I was going to have a healthy family life. I was gonna have a thriving career without compromising on my true values and the things that I really believe in. People who are truly strong lift others up. People who are truly powerful bring others together. Hello and welcome to Hungry Woman at Work, the podcast for the woman who wants to thrive at work without losing her soul. I'm Navelia Malloy and I'm starting our show today with a quote from Becoming, Michelle Obama's new book. I'm doing that for three reasons. One, because Michelle Obama is, well, Michelle Obama. And she has set such a fine example as a leader who works with respect and integrity. Two, because the guest on our show today has a few things in common with the first African-American first lady. Talk about a setup, eh? And three, because we have a copy of Becoming to give away to a lucky listener. Can someone shout hallelujah for free stuff? To stand a chance at being the hungry woman who wins this copy, follow us on Instagram at Hungry Women at Work and tag us with a pic of a woman who inspires you. Hashtag HWAW. What are you waiting for? Do it right now. So the guest on our show today is herself a woman who walks with honor and integrity. She's a managing partner at TechFest Legal Advisory Services. She's an attorney of the High Court of South Africa, specializing in commercial law. She's the founder of the Unleashed Leadership Development Foundation. She's a businesswoman, a speaker, a wife, a mom of two girls, and a former Muslim popo. Welcome, Lerato Tekiso. Why law? Tell us why law. Thanks so much, Nivelia. Um, it's really an honor to, to be doing this uh, with you. Law started early on in my life. I always knew and had a very strong sense of justice as a child. And growing up, um, I would always sort of defend the rights of those who couldn't speak for themselves. And, you know, as, as I evolved and grew as a person, I just, you know, knew that the law was something that I could use as a tool to, to really advance um, the rights of those who can't defend, them, defend themselves. Fantastic. How have you seen uh, the legal space in South Africa change over the years and especially for a woman in this space? What are some of the things that you've noticed? Has the landscape changed at all? Is it a bit more accommodating to women? Well, that's a very good question. And I think um, at the time where I qualified as an attorney, it was still a very, um, in my view, unaccommodating for women um, in a sense that, you know, for every woman at some point in your life, you you want to have the option to consider having some sort of work-life balance. You want to take time to be able to spend with your family, um, with your children, and, and really participate in critical aspects of their life and development. And I think the law typically, as has been previously known, is is an avenue where we charge per hour per second. We're billing the whole time. And <laughs> it's a time-based... Yeah, it's a time-based business. And so if, you know, one is working from that premise, you only have so many hours. As a woman, should you decide to have children at a certain stage, then it kind of, you know, um, disadvantages you. 
But I have seen a lot of change in the in the recent years. I think there has been a lot of conversation about how women can be um, accommodated in the workplace, particularly in in law firms. And there's you know a whole flexibility approach, you know, integrating women, giving them fl- flexible time and flexible hours, and um, just making sure that we're we're able to find expression in our careers as much as we are in our homes as well. Um, technology has also made a significant difference, so we can mm-hmm. work from home. You can Skype into certain calls um, unless you have to appear in a court, for example. Yes, then you yes. obviously have to physically be <laughs> yes. there. But I think the law has really been a huge enabler for the, um, uh, the sorry, technology has been a huge enabler for us as attorneys to be able to really work across the globe from one location. So, so that's been a huge advantage for us as attorneys. And I think that, you know, how law is approached currently has, has really changed, you know, um, as I said, you know, technology has enabled us to be able to work from diverse locations. But I think as well, in terms of how we approach the law, we don't have to stick to the per hour billing. You know, okay. we can okay. provide offerings that really suit and are customized, you know, to the needs of the clients and not necessarily, uh, you know, still providing help and assistance and support for our clients um, without, you know, charging them an arm and a leg, essentially. So I think that's been a huge advantage and that's the space that we're playing in. Sure. And as a, I mean, we speak a lot on the show about the women who've gone before paving the way for those to come. Are they, um, you clearly are a woman who's had women go before her. In which ways do you feel that yourself and others are, are carving a path for the ones coming behind? So um, anything to do with mentorship or your kind of signature that you're leaving behind for the women who are following in your footsteps? So personally... I have decided to start a business. So that's the first way in which I'm practically carving away and creating opportunity for others, not just women, but, you know, across across the board, really creating an an environment that's very different to what we've known traditionally in in, in the legal fraternity, an environment that provides... um, the flexibility um, that's innovative, that really um, allows especially the millennials to find expression. (laughs) So, and we're we're quite deliberate in um, supporting and helping, you know, millennials find expression and purpose. And and, and what we found is the millennials are really passion-driven and they want to make a difference and creating that avenue and platform within our business to enable them to, to find their place still, you know, using the law as a tool, but, you know, simultaneously, making a difference you know with the law so that's the one way where I personally get to to mentor young people um and we've also got a foundation that's now um really evolved over the years it used to be called the unleashed women so it initially was focused phenomenal stuff (laughs) yes initially it was focused on you know the advancement and development of women and over time it really has evolved and we've really had to be attuned to what's happening in our current climate in South Africa as nation builders we've we've taken it upon ourselves to partner with youth because you know as you know the youth unemployment rate currently is is you know something that we all have to participate in resolving and so we've created programs that can for youth. Um, we've created programs that still cater for women and caring for caregivers and leaders, because I think that's the one area where people are neglected. You sure. know, leaders are the ones who eat last, yes, <laughs> as, is, as, is, as yeah. is commonly known or said. Um, and so there are different avenues through which we're able to partner with people and create um, a really new 
way of living and um, also facilitating a work-life balance for people. Um, and that's particularly in the legal fraternity, because I think in the past, I remember coming into the field, they were like, you have to choose. It's either law or your marriage. And, wow. you know, oh, I made a call that I was sure. going to have it all. I was going Come to have on. a healthy family Come life. On. I was going to have a thriving career without compromising on my true values and the things that I really believe in. So, yeah, it's really been a privilege and an honor to to be able to partner with young people, with women, with different leaders and really just build this nation one day at a time. This is phenomenal stuff. And through the foundation, um, you work with a lot of young people. What are some of the, the trends you are seeing that are really impacting youth in South Africa and on the continent and even on the globe in a profound way? And what are some of the, the advice or the tools that you'd like to impart to these young people? You know, I love the youth of this country. I am passionate about the youth of this country. And, you know, I've been blown away by interacting with them. And they keep me on my feet. Trust me. <laughs> Just when you thought you had it figured out. You know, I'm consistently challenged by these young people. One thing I could say is an advantage for the youth in our country is the ability to just not see any limitation, to dream out of the box, Absolutely. to see possibility Absolutely. and hope and, and, you know, just really be ambitious. Um, so the advice I'd give is to underpin that ambition, that um, passion with um, sobriety and, you know, practical wisdom on how to get to where you want to go. So I would suggest, you know, that young people really take it upon themselves to own their lives and their destinies and to partner with people who've gone ahead of them in those certain fields um, and to walk alongside a mentor. And this is in inverted commas because a mentor yes, really yes, could translate good. into something that's someone who's just you in relationship with, you happen to know that you take deliberate effort and time and, you know, picking their brain and helping them or asking them for your in, for their inputs in concretizing your own vision, your own passion. I think the biggest thing I see um, that the youth of South Africa needs is really to channel our energies in the right way wow. um, and really to partner and to to really um, esteem the generational knowledge. You know, even as... Can you um, say that again? I think that is such a profound point. Esteem the, the generational, generational knowledge, yeah. even for ourselves. And so, yeah, no, I think we do need to take time to inquire and sit at the feet of those who've gone before us, even Very at good. our own age, and, and respect that. You know, it may not be um, innovative or underpinned by an app, but, <laughs> you know, you can definitely draw some learnings from from those who've gone before us. So you're... Uh, you're an entrepreneur, a businesswoman, and um, I've always... So you're actually also a friend of mine, which I haven't mentioned <laughs> earlier. And one thing I've always admired about you, and you, you picked up on it, was that you've believed that you should be able to have it all without compromising mm. who you are. Yeah. So what are some of the things that, you've, that you personally live by that can enable you to lead well, lead in a space where you're bringing others up but still be true to the bigger call mm. that's on your heart? Mm. Sure, that's a very good question. So, wow. Um, I think to start off with, my starting point is always, you know, in this, the time that we live in, Nevilia, there's there's so much information that goes around. There's so much we're exposed to. And we're living in a very um, an interesting time. And the biggest thing I'd say is, Find always find your true north, you know, always make sure that you're attuned to what you truly and genuinely believe about yourself and about what you're called to, because in this time, it's very easy to be sidetracked. It's very easy to be 
roped into this and that and the other. Um, and then in terms of just modeling to others, I don't personally think I have it all together, to be honest. <laughs> Let's just put it out there. But I think my anchor, my belief system, the fact that I'm, you know, I'm unapologetically rooted and established in God as my true foundation, um, that is the, the center of my life. That is everything, everything I live by is based on the word of God. Um, and I'm empowered by his spirit to do what I need to do on a day daily basis. And I think it's just about understanding the season that you're in and being quite clear about your goals as well yes, for that season, yes. being accountable to somebody. So walking alongside others, I truly believe in accountability and, and collaboration. Um, so partnering with people who are like-minded, but who kind of your tribe, you know, yes, the people that yes. can walk alongside you, challenge you, where you're not the best in the group, essentially, mm -hmm. where you're always on your feet and you're always challenged to be stretched and to grow. Um, so that's the one thing I'd say as something that's kept me anchored, as something that I live by. Um, always have a group of other people that walk alongside you, that know what you're called to, that holds you to account, essentially, when you're dropping the standard. Um, so that's the first thing. So, you know, collaborate and stay accountable. Um, always remember that it's not just about you, mm. you know, to whom much mm. is given, much will always be required. Yes. And yes. it's so easy to get comfortable when you've ticked your boxes and you've found your success to be like, okay, that's enough. But it's actually, I've always been challenged by there's so much work to be done. Yeah. There's so yeah. much that I could do personally to make a difference in my own realm or sphere of influence. Um, so knowing that, yes, I have my tribe, yes, I've achieved my goals, but there's more to, to the goals than just me finding satisfaction or fulfillment. There's more. There's a, there's a nation to be rebuilt, come you know, on, that, that lies on. before us. There are young people to be empowered. There's, there's just so much to do in this country and, and really just <laughs> getting our hands dirty and getting, getting down on it and not waiting until everything's perfect to make a difference. And that's one of my biggest learnings in the season, even in hindsight, just saying, you know what, with what I have, I'm going to do my best. And often we like to make the excuse that oh, when I have a certain amount of money or time, yes. I yeah. will then yeah. do, if you're not doing it now, you're not going to do it then. So, I, you know, my view true is words. start where you are with what you have. That is for me a true testament of someone when they're at the top will do what they've started doing when they had nothing. So, so that's definitely something that challenges me. And also to know that as much as, you know, I, um, I look to those who've gone ahead of me, always taking someone with me mm -hmm. and always grooming someone, even if it's one person and just saying, how can I unlock an opportunity? You know, recently we hosted our company's, um, client appreciation evening and we had uh, Andy Lekumalo come through and he spoke beautifully about your social capital okay. and how yeah. your social capital is basically you know, the access that you have to certain opportunities, yes. the access that you have to certain relationships and how you can use that. The network being your network. To mention Nevilia's name in that setup because she would never be there. Sure. You know, you the one, by being a black woman in this time, in this fraternity, in this space, has a certain opportunity. How are you using that to unlock a door or open a door for someone else? So I think those are the things that keep me anchored and centered. Sure, lady. It's to... It's to trust God, first and foremost, yes. is to partner with others and to know that, you know what, superwoman never existed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it always helps to hold hands with others, to learn from others. Really that posture of humility to say, I know something, but I don't know everything. And I'm always eager to learn. Um, so partner with others, be accountable 
thirdly, always take someone with you. So groom. Um, we all have that responsibility. There's something I know that someone else doesn't. And it's not a, a pride thing. It's, a, it's about just recognizing that there is something I can do with where I am and, and being quite intentional and deliberate about that. It's not about building a big organization, but it's about really making a tangible, sustainable difference in someone's life. You've given us so much to think on and and get involved in. And I've always appreciated that about you watching your life over the past few years is you're someone who really, you you live what you preach. And um, yeah, just a, a testament to how your life models, what you say out there and what you're actually doing. Um, you spoke earlier about, you know, being grounded in your faith. How and Hungry Women at Work is all about being able to thrive where you are without compromising on your own values and standards. How in, I mean, you, you hold so many different hats. How are you able to stay true to your personal call when there's so much tagging for your attention, when there's so many demands placed on you, when there are so many invitations to swerve from the path? Mm. It's a very good question. In fact, as you said, I just had um, pictured an image uh, of something I heard recently that uh, if a plane steers away from its um, navigation or direction by just a little a little inch, yes. it ends up in a completely different destination. <laughs> yeah. And that just blew my mind that, you know what, I actually cannot afford to ever swerve from my conviction. I don't care who says what. This is what I believe, and this is me. I don't have to impose it on the next person, yes. but I need to know it for myself. And, and trusting God, believing God for me, that is my anchor, um, with all due respect to all other religions and what other people believe. you know. But this is what keeps me grounded. Um, I spend time reading the Word. I spend time praying. I spend time with other Christians so we can sharpen each other, strengthen each other, ask each other the tough questions sure. about our values and what we're doing, especially in business. You know, There's yes. so much yes. that is thrown at you, um, and one really has to be discerning about the opportunities we participate in, about our values, um, the alignment of values, even in our business transactions, and not say, this is the way of the world, let's just do it, you know, but it's yeah, about saying, yeah. I'm going to be true to my values, even in this setup. And so really just being surrounded again. So accountability becomes key, because in business, often you find yourself, you know, working in silos, etc. But, you know, being quite intentional about having that circle, the advisory circle, yes, I call it, of yes. the people that know your values, your dreams, your aspirations, and they can channel you and help you um, in those moments where you you know, you're faced with compromising the situations or there's an opportunity that doesn't really tick all the boxes and just being quite frank and clear that, okay, it doesn't tick a particular box and therefore I can't, sure. you know. So I think it's really about accountability. Um, and But firstly, it's about knowing what it is that you actually stand for and defining that and saying, you know, this is, this is how far I'll go and not beyond that. You know, having the line in the sand that's quite clear uh, before you go out there in the world and participate in all sorts of activity. Mm. In one of your um, one article that was written about you, you've mentioned that isolation is dangerous. Um, and you've spoken a bit to it earlier in terms of collaboration. How do women go about creating authentic 
relationships, authentic sisterhood. Mm, that's, yeah, sure. That's a big one. Mm, it is, um, yeah. And I, yeah, I was thinking about it. I bumped into a neighbor recently at the garage, at the petrol station. <laughs> and she's like, I haven't seen you the whole year. <laughs> you know, um, we chatted a little bit earlier in the year, had a cup of tea. Um, but quite honestly, she carried on with her life. I carried on with mine. We just haven't really made the time, yes, you know. So I think yes. the first thing is to actually make the time. Um, avail yourself. Um, you must want it. Because if you don't want it, it's not going to happen, right? So I think there must be a desire to build those genuine relationships and there must be effort around it. Um, and I recently read a quote that says, you know, the best way to trust people is just to trust them. And I think we just sure. at some point <laughs> just need to let our guards down and say, look, I'm willing to take a bet on Avilia. Yes. Let's try it. Yes. I'm going to open my heart up, but I'm not going to live half-hearted because I can't trust you. You'd like if you have if you have a problem, then we'll that's, deal with it as it comes. Yes, but I think sometimes it's really about taking the risk of being vulnerable and saying, look, I know that I, I want to have it all together, but right now I need help in this area. Will you please hold my hand? And I think it's really about humility, to be honest, humbling yourself and, and recognizing that you do have blind spots yes. and that you won't see those blind yeah. spots. And you yeah. need other people to yeah. speak into those areas and to challenge you uh, to grow. This, this in no way means focusing on your weaknesses but it means it means allowing other people to input into the person that you're becoming mm. and yeah it's really about how badly do you want to be the person you want to be and that can never happen in isolation we had a listener question in our last episode about how do you as a working mom a wife so many hats find time for personal development so how do you carve out spaces to grow yourself amidst all the things that you are doing that's a, I love that question because that's one of my passions. I'm very passionate about myself as well, as much as I'm passionate about others, right? I need to love myself. I need to invest in myself. It's a priority for me. It's, it's carved out. I'm intentional about it. I find opportunities. I find a workshop. It, it doesn't have to be a three-year course or degree. It has to be something that you invest in deliberately over time. So again, it goes back to goal setting. It goes back to what actually do you want to achieve in the next 12 months? Break it that, you know, breaking that up into chunks and saying in the next three months, I will ensure that I attend at least one workshop for marriage, for example, or one workshop that um, helps me in my personal branding around the business, for example. But it's something that I personally take quite seriously because I don't think that you can lead without growing. Because what are you leading people into? I'm, I'm, it's quite a conviction for me that you must consistently be growing so that those that are, you are leading have something to aspire to as well. So it's about taking the deliberate effort to carve out the time to find the opportunities. We are so privileged, like I said, you know, social media, there's just so much out there. It's about also defining what it is you want to achieve in a certain time period and then finding the avenues to, you know, to um, yeah, to invest in those in those certain areas, and there's just, there's so much for us, especially as women, to to really tap into. But I think our challenge isn't that. Our challenge is managing our time. It's managing Absolutely. it's is managing that? our energy and saying, okay, what yes. is it? There are four opportunities this month. I'll take one because this speaks directly to what I'm trying to achieve this season. Mm. I like that a lot about knowing the seasons you are in, and yeah, really about. You cannot lead without growing. 
So, as I mentioned earlier, you are a former beauty queen, Miss Limpopo. Shout out, Limpopo. Um, <laughs> just some advice for the woman who um, has a lot on the plate, doesn't have much time in the morning, but still wants to look like she's really, you know, <laughs> shown up for work today, including myself. So, uh, any like beauty hacks that you can share with us? <laughs> okay, so beauty hacks is first of all, check your closet. Okay. What is in it? Do you like what is in it? I think that's the first place to start. Okay, I've actually done this lady. exercise. You are calling me out today. <laughs> I've done this exercise a few times this year and I've literally stripped out so much junk that isn't really junk. It's still in good condition. Someone else could benefit from yes. it, but it's just not for me this season, no. right? Oh, I haven't I never been the beneficiary of this, like de-junking the closets. <laughs> so, um, yeah, put it in a black bag and share with your neighbor, yes, honestly. very good. Keep the stuff in there that speaks to where you currently are and I'm quite um, aware that for this season of my life I'm a mom of two toddlers so I need to just manage the heels I will wear them <laughs> during office hours but I need to have you know a couple of flat shoes that I can deal with um, practical things that I can work with so it really depends on the industry and the space that you're in but the first place to start is look at your closet do you like what's in it Take those clothes and share them with someone. You know, get an upgrade. doesn't have to cost you a fortune. Maybe a jacket a month or a pair of shoes a month. Whatever it may be. Yes. Set little goals for yourself. Accessorize is what I'd say. Okay. I haven't today. But. <laughs> you still look fondly. Check out I have the no Instagram space for, ex- for the beautiful image. <laughs> I have no accessories on today. But I would say accessorize. I invest a lot in accessories, earrings, um, neck pieces. Those just add. They make, they make you look like you've put effort sure. and it doesn't take that long to do and then groom yourself uh, you know nails, Nabilia girl, and I you are nails, you <laughs> have are had beauty. this conversation your nails inspire me <laughs> <laughs> so get your nails done you know get 30 minutes out of your schedule get some jealous done girl look the pot there's nothing worse than an unmanicured hand can we just look after ourselves thanks so. to our friends at Sorbet uh, we'll, we'll be redeeming our commission after the show <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think the the simple things keep a neat, clean look. Um, don't overcomplicate it. Stay true to yourself. Stay true to yourself. Um, be modest. Uh, we don't want to see too much, Come quite on. honestly. Come on. Let's respect ourselves and our colleagues and the people that we walk across throughout the day. So let's um, be modest, but beautiful, absolutely stunning. Accessorize, do the nails, keep it clean. I love that. Be beautiful, be modest, and let's respect ourselves. So much. Thank you for that. Um, we are now going on to a section of the show called Rapid Fire, where I fire some questions at you and you just throw back the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? I am ready. <laughs> a song that always gets you through the day. A song that gets me through the day is Do It Again by Travis Green. A book that's changed the way you think about work. There's two. There's um, Saw by T.D. Jakes and there's Thrive by Ariana Huffington. A gadget or app that helps you work smarter. Believe it or not, WhatsApp voice note. (laughs) (laughs) Every week I am surprised by these answers. (laughs) Your advice to your younger self. My advice to my younger self is it's going to work out. You're going to be amazing. Yes, girl. Three things that keep you centered. The word of God, my prayer time, and conversations with my husband. One thing you do to overcome distraction. 
I lock myself in a room and I reflect on my goals, my dreams, and what it, what is it that I'm doing. So I actually just need to switch off, shut down, and then center myself. Your advice to younger working women? Stay true to yourself. Don't compromise who you are, what you believe in, for, for the sake of money or work. Your advice to senior women leaders? To senior women leaders... I would say take time to retreat as well for senior women leaders. My interaction with leaders is that often they are so spent because typically in that position, you're pouring out the whole time. You're making decisions. You're coaching. You're talking strategy. You're always thinking and solving problems. Allow yourself to receive from others as well. Lerato Tekiso, you have blessed me in such a big way today on the show and also, I'm sure, to our listeners. Where can people follow you, get hold of you, find out more about you? Okay, so on the legal side, we have a website, www.techvestlegal.co.za. On a personal level, I am on Facebook, so you can inbox me. I'm also on LinkedIn, so you can inbox me there. I'm not giving my number away. <laughs> <laughs> It has been such an honor, lady. Thank you for making time to be with us here today and keep shining. Thank you so much for having me and keep doing the great work. It is phenomenal. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on Hungry Women at Work today. Today's listener question is from Sisonke from Mtata. She asks, as a working woman, how do I save, budget and plan ahead? Thanks for your question, Sisonke. So disclaimer, I am not a registered financial advisor. So I'll share from my own experience and from those of a few others I've asked. I'd suggest that you start by sketching or penning a picture of your ultimate financial dream. When you think of yourself in three to five years, what would you like your relationship status with money to look like? Would it be in a serious relationship or it's complicated? Is your dream to save towards a down payment on a property or to be debt-free in order to start saving? Write down that big financial dream, then start breaking it down into smaller, actionable money goals with time frames. So let's say you want to start saving for a property. Some action steps could be 1. Pay off two unnecessary accounts in the next six months. 2. Save 800 rand a month in a tax-free savings account starting next month. Give a date and make it quantifiable. Someone who is a registered financial services advisor is Maya Fisher-French and I find that her money tips at Maya on Money are quite practical. Like, if I got 3,000 rand as a windfall, should I save it or spend it on sneakers? Maya suggests that we also ask how will spending money make me feel? And how will saving money make me feel? Now, an organization I also work with, Heartlines, creates a number of resources around values and money. They recommend that having a good understanding of the attitudes that drive your behavior when it comes to money is the best place to start. What's stopping you from saving? Is it because you want to compete with others and instead of saving, you are spending to impress? First, understand the heart behind your money habits. Then you can go about fixing the real issue. They also say that when it comes to saving, start small, but start now. 
and make compound interest work for you. I also asked some other working women what their saving tips are, and these are some of the answers I got. Get a financial broker and start planning for your future. Join a stock file, but make sure the contracts are in place. Set up a retirement annuity today. Pack your own lunch instead of eating at the canteen. Do a carpool or lift club to reduce petrol costs. Find out how to repurpose clothing instead of getting a new wardrobe each month. And one that really made me laugh, limit your daily coffees. And if you really can't do that, at least put five rand in a jar for each time you buy a coffee and see how much you will have saved by the end of the month. Do you have anything to add to Sisonke's question? Send us a WhatsApp message on 060-921-6977 or join the convo on Instagram at Hungry Women at Work. Thank you for tuning in and keep thriving at work without losing your soul.